Welcome to Talos Takes, the security podcast for everyone from the C-suite to the front lines. All right. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Talos Takes. Uh, We recently released an end of year report and wanted to take some time to chat with one of the threat researchers from it, Caitlin Huey, about some of the findings around uh, more generally around the threat landscape. It's a big report, so we're trying to kind of grab some of the sections as we go. Uh, Thank you for joining us today, Caitlin. Hey, Nick. Thanks for having me. All right. So there's a lot in this report. As I said, it's a pretty large report, a lot of stuff on the threat landscape in general. Uh, One of the things that I wanted to call out, because we do devote a decent amount of time to this, is we detail what we've seen related to dual use tools. So let me start by asking, what exactly is a dual use tool? Yeah. uh, So like you said, this report covers a vast amount of data, which led us to identify some key trends throughout 2022. Uh, one of the trends that we focused on was reliance on these offensive security frameworks like Cobalt Strike and Brute Retail uh, that were being used to support actions across an adversary's attack lifecycle. Um, these frameworks are referred to as dual-use tools because they are legitimately used until the activity can blend in with normal system administration functions. Okay, uh, so why do we keep seeing adversaries using these tools? So these tools are ubiquitous and they can provide an additional layer of protection through anonymity. Researchers often have difficult attributing the use of these tools to any particular group. Um, and the TTPs observed in operations leveraging dual-use tools can vary greatly. I think the range of actions that dual-use tools can perform is also why they are likely so attractive to adversaries. These can include actions like gathering information about a compromised system, pointing lateral movement, or to exfiltrate stolen data. That makes sense. And I know there's like some leaked copies out there. Some of these tools are commercial. So having leaked copies out doesn't help. The criminals tend to take advantage of it. Um, So what can defenders do about these tools? Talos and Talos Instant Response suggest a few things. So by monitoring command line uh, invocations of tools capable of carrying out actions, uh, like modifying services and executing files that don't correspond to typical usage patterns, uh, organizations can help to reduce the risk of threat actors abusing dual-use tools. Network security teams should also be looking for any unusual traffic to their organization's environment and just be cautious about suspicious files or artifacts that are being downloaded. Yeah, absolutely. Just to follow on with that, some of these tools like Sliver are in fact open source. So go download them and play with them, understand how they operate so that you have a better idea of how they would look on your network. One of the other interesting things that we found was we discovered a couple of different new offensive frameworks in the last year as well. Uh, Could you talk a little bit about what we found? Absolutely. So in 2022, Talos discovered new, like you said, offensive frameworks that fit this mold of being like these all-inclusive C2 frameworks. The two that Talos researched and wrote about last year are Manjusaka and Alchemist. Manjusaka is advertised as an imitation of the Cobalt Strike framework, where Alchemist sort of comprises a ready-to-go C2 tool, uh, along with its remote access tool dubbed Insect, uh, which targets Windows and Linux machines. Although implemented in different ways, Talos researchers uh, identify that they both follow the same design philosophy and virtually the same set of features. The discovery of these tools is just yet another indication that the actors are rapidly adopting these off-the-shelf C2 frameworks to carry out their operations. Yeah, absolutely. And if I remember correctly, if you were able to understand Chinese, a lot of these things are very much point-and-click one-stop shops to be able to do malicious activity. Interesting stuff. Uh, One of the other things that we touched upon in the report was the increased, continued increased use of living off the land binaries or lolbins. For those that are unfamiliar, what is a lolbin and how do we see them abused? 
Yeah, so low bins, like you said, living off the land binaries are binaries that are pre-installed on an operating system that are normally used for legitimate purposes, but are commonly also abused by adversaries. The concept of low bins is not new and isn't specific to Windows operating systems. Uh, we've observed attackers using low bins to perform a wide range of actions uh, to download and install malicious code, execute malicious files, obfuscate or decode malicious code, and so much more. Due to an organization's use of these tools as part of just legitimate administrative functions, defenders may miss attacks leveraging low bins when monitoring for anomalous behavior. Yeah, absolutely. And likewise, every time a, an adversary downloads a tool, it's one more opportunity for them to be detected. So using what's already there makes it a little bit cleaner. So one of the things that I found most interesting was this reemergence of USB attacks. Sadly, I'm old enough to remember when this was rather widespread. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what you're seeing now? Yeah, so we, we keep hearing this phrase, what was old is new again, and that really summarizes this activity for us. Since the beginning of last year, the 2022 Talos Instant Response has responded to a growing number of engagements in which removable USB drives infected organizations with malware. We've also observed several advanced persistent threat groups updating their campaigns in malware in 2022 to leverage USB drives. Uh, this kind of activity includes these groups incorporating USB modules or performing USB dumping to copy files and folders from USB drives. This activity highlights that threat actors just continually look to rely on techniques that remain successful against older, unpatched legacy enterprise systems. So, yeah, it's not something that will, will go away for sure. You got to dust off that old training of when you find a USB drive out in the parking lot, don't plug <laughs> it into your computer again. <laughs> Any general advice for defenders out there based on what you've seen over the last year? Well, continuing with the emergence of USBs and just re-emergence, actually, we urge organizations who may use USBs or removable drives or legitimate operations to limit and, if possible, restrict USB usage in the environment. Uh, while continuing to also stress the importance of USB hygiene. We will continue to see threat actors turning to offensive frameworks like Brute Retail that may be less familiar to security teams. So monitoring for things like privileged operations in the environment for any unauthorized programs, um, attempting to gain root privileges can help to reduce activity associated with these tools. Also, having controlled download and file execution policies on endpoints can really help to protect organizations from these threats and the follow-on malicious activities we see adversaries performing using them. All right, absolutely. And one of the things I always call out with low bins is watch out for permission creep. You never know if somebody's going to have access to a tool they shouldn't. Uh, so thanks again for taking the time to chat with us today, Caitlin. Join us again for another episode of Talos Takes in the Future. Thanks a lot. Of course. Thanks for having me.